0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participating in McDonald's for a limited time.
1: Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 26th. It's six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We start off the show with so much Trump. Did you see he went gun shopping? He was hanging out with Marjorie Taylor Greene. They were at the Palmetto State Armory in South Carolina. They were examining weapons for purchase. He especially liked a nine millimeter Glock with his face on it. Retail price, $829.99.
2: You know who Trump is? He is the real life... There's the famous clip of Danny DeVito. I believe he's in the Frank Reynolds character on It's Always Sunny when he does this. And he goes, so anyway, I come out blasting. That is... Trump <laughs> Trump is the real life Frank Reynolds character from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Well,
1: he's just, I think, proving his desire to protect the Second Amendment.
2: Okay, serious question for you. Yeah. Could Trump load... And operate a firearm, like right now. If you said, "Go," could I he was do wondering it? the same thing. Could he thing. rack it? Could he do the whole thing?
1: I don't, I don't know. Does has does he shoot? Has he ever shot? Does he ever go target practice? Well, and, and
2: I'm not saying this to try to imply he's not pro Second Amendment. I think he he governed as a president that he is. I'm just saying he would have no need because he always has somebody else's a large group of yeah. very armed people around him. So would he? If right now you put a gun down and
1: said, "Okay." Operate. Yeah. Go. Ready? No, I don't think he would. I don't I don't think so. I don't I just I can't imagine that he, he's he's a golfer.
2: He looked a little perplexed when he was looking at those firearms. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: Like he doesn't know the safety measures yeah. and how to properly hold a, a yeah. gun. I, I, I didn't think Like, so. would
2: Donald Trump know to not point a gun at someone unless you intend to use it? Couldn't you to see Trump totally just, like, wielding the weapon around? Look at this. Take a look at
1: this. Mm-hmm. Well, he liked the fact that his face was on it. He said, I'm going to buy one. I want to buy one. And he asked, isn't Glock a great gun? Like, he doesn't know.
2: <laughs> right? No, he didn't.
1: Yes, he did. Isn't Glock a great gun? That's okay, what he
2: well, asked. Did he ask? Or did he say it? Because, you know, Trump will say things in the form of a question like, like, isn't Glock a great gun? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I think Trump would know that Glock is one of the premier brands of firearm. Mm -hmm. I think I think Trump would know that. I think he was saying it like like it would say, isn't Kevin a great producer? Mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. However, I am with you. I do not think he could actually operate a firearm right now.
1: Well, he asked and the answer was, yeah, they sell well. And he said, they like me because his face was on the gun. Now, his uh, campaign manager said that he bought a gun and then posted that and then took it down and clarified that the president did not actually make a purchase because he's under a federal indictment. And that would be breaking the rules.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Very, very good point, Casey. You cannot purchase a firearm if you indeed you are under federal indictment. Good point. Now, Trump knows to follow the rules. Hunter, however... Sure. Does not, which would be why he's under federal indictment.
1: Okay. And in South Carolina, a purchaser is required to have either a concealed carry permit or go through an instant background check in order to get a firearm. And he would have to have filled out an ATF form.
2: Doesn't Doesn't it strike you as interesting that the laws in this country say that if you're under indictment, so you could indict anybody for anything- And then you're basically donezo in terms of being able to buy a firearm. It really does put in perspective the immense power that these prosecutors have to essentially – if they want to weaponize mm-hmm. their position for evil to lord over people. I take, mean, they could, to, you know, obviously on a variety of ways, totally,
1: completely mess your life up. Take someone's Second Amendment rights away. But here's the dichotomy. You got Joe Biden who eats ice cream and falls downstairs. And then you have President Trump who plays 18 holes of golf and then is going out shopping at a gun store. Which one visually is more fit to lead the country?
2: Yeah, look at it. I always think these sort of like campaign stops are interesting and the the gun store was an interesting one for Trump because like when Trump goes into a Wendy's or a a McDonald's or where, you know, see this all the time where he's in Iowa and he'll just randomly, hey, everybody's burger is on me. Like that is his Mm -hmm. element. And I'm not picking on Trump for this. All of these candidates are this way. They all are going to have areas where they are. Hey, this is, you know this is this is what I do this is what I understand this is what I'm good at and then other things they're just simply not Trump in a in a fast food joint talking to people behind the counter he's good at that Mm -hmm. like that is hey it's a crowd full of people and they're all around me and then you know he's playing uh (laughs) there was some video that surfaced the other day I think this was in Iowa of somebody was playing that oliver anthony song and trump is playing it and kind of dancing mm-hmm. along to it and okay super endearing that's funny this was not like a great look for trump and i'm sure whoever his stager people were probably got an earful after you didn't think it was
1: a good look for him? i just
2: don't think he's comfortable and it doesn't mean like again i'm in no way saying trump was is anti-second amendment i'm not implying that i'm not saying this to rip on trump i'm simply saying that was not an element of which his comfort zone Exactly. Yeah. And ever everybody everybody has it.
1: Well, I think it's really interesting that he went to South Carolina. Of course, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott yeah. both from South Carolina.
2: And large Marge is an odd addition there.
1: Well, I, she's like on tour with him or something.
2: That's she's an odd person to have front and center.
1: We're we're gonna hear some audio later of Donald Trump, and he. He's, like, giving her errands to do. Check on that, Marjorie. What do you think, Marjorie? He keeps talking to her. <laughs> and I just wonder if, if he wins, you know, not only the nomination, but the presidency, what is her role going to be? Oh, my gosh. Because.
2: She, I mean, she is in love with him.
1: Well, and he's giving her errands.
2: I mean, it's going to be a regular. Her homework to do. If Trump wins, it is going to be a regular daily episode of The Young and the Restless on Capitol Hill between Large Marge being in love with him and Kevin McCarthy. I mean, my gosh, what a love triangle that's going to be.
1: So he was speaking in South Carolina, polls showing that he's leading Biden, and he couldn't help himself. He had to point out how the last debate was the lowest rated in history, and it's he was talking about his interview with Tucker Carlson, which he did while the debate was going, and of course... Fox News, what did they do? Well, they completely cut it off.
0: And we're the only ones going up. They're going down. They're going down, down, down. They ought to stop wasting their time. You know, they're wasting a lot of time with these ridiculous debates that nobody's watching. Their last debate was the lowest rated debate in history. That's a good
3: compliment, isn't it? And what was I doing, Marjorie? I was someplace else, wasn't I, huh? I was doing another interview. We had 271 million people listening to the Tucker Carlson interview. That's an all time.
0: So here we are uh, back in the thick of campaign season. We are now. So as soon
1: as he mentions Tucker Carlson, Fox News. Oh, nope. We're not talking about that question
2: Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Is Trump interesting when he's not outlandish?
1: Not as interesting.
2: Day to day, Trump. Because we, you know, we had this little bit of this conversation yesterday about the Howard Stern stuff, and then the going after the abortion anti-abortion people. Uh, is it a thing where we have seen the song and dance so many times? Okay, here's an example: of This Andy Andy Kaufman, who is one of the people that really inspired me, and I just admired the hell out of famous comedian. He passed away many many years ago. There was a very famous movie called Man on the Moon. Jim Carrey played Andy Kaufman. In Later in Andy Kaufman's life, he became very frustrated because he had done so many things that were so groundbreaking. And every time the audience came to see him, you were expecting to be amazed. Mm-hmm. And he, had, he said to friends and family, I have reached a point where, and I think he said, like, unless I fake my own death, the, the audience is just not going to be wowed or amazed anymore i have i've blown every bullet in the chamber Mm -hmm. in terms of one-upping myself right is that where trump is now where unless he is outlandish and the new level of outlandish that he has to go to we're just simply immune to it and not interested there was a time where fox news would have never tucker carlson or whoever they would have never cut away from donald trump i just don't think he's reached the pinnacle right right I think he's, he's interesting when he does outlandish because then we come on and talk about, oh, my gosh, can you believe what he did again? But there comes a point where you are. The outlandish is detrimental to your own cause.
1: Well, I don't know if they cut away because he's not interesting or if they cut away because he mentioned Tucker Carlson.
2: Are you interested in, in hearing Donald Trump talk to Marjorie Taylor Greene?
1: Oh, I think that would be fascinating. Really, you're
2: interested in that?
1: Uh like a private conversation? No, no, no. The I'm two. saying
2: like on stage where he's looking, Marjorie, tell me how much I won the I mean, or how low the ratings were or whatever the thing he was talking I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, okay, here's a good example. Kevin is back with us today. Yeah. Kev uh went to see his favorite band, the Viagra Boys, in Louisville on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And they were in Indianapolis a couple days before, and we had that conversation with Kev about, I can't believe you're not going to see your favorite band in your home city. Once you've seen the act of your favorite band, whatever tour they're on, the first time it's like, oh my gosh, this was amazing, I can't believe it. And then maybe you see it a second time and you're like, oh, that was really good. And then by the third time, Mm -hmm. you know what songs they're going to (laughs) play, you know when in the case of Kev, the overweight guy with the beer gut is going to lay down on stage and give some incoherent babbling ramble about attractive mothers or shrimp or whatever it was that he was going on like you've seen you've seen the thing and the enthusiasm for the thing gets diluted because you know what's coming next
1: yeah and you have to do something new a new twist every time to make it engaging for you like go out of town see your favorite band in a different area. Yeah, right, exactly. And that's where Trump is today. Well, he was truthing out, and he's uh, got his eyes on NBC, and we'll talk about that coming up from 93 WIBC.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
1: It's after nine, it's Kendall and KC on 93 WIBC. More Donald Trump. He vowed to use the powers of government to investigate the parent company of NBC News and MSNBC for, quote, country-threatening treason if he returned to his office.
2: Okay, so here we go. This is what we talked about, right? The I must I must do a new level of ridiculous because the thing that I am is no longer entertaining. And the new level of ridiculous is not positive nor helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like NBC News. I don't like MSNBC News. You know how I deal with that, Casey? You don't watch it. I don't watch it. Mm -hmm. The same way as, you know, we always love the uh, people who will just sit and obsess listen to this show every single day for three hours. And their whole life centers around, it seems, complaining about our show.
1: Just don't listen. Hey, it's free. Turn it off. There You're is, not being forced into it. This
2: is, yes, This there is no requirement that you listen to the Kendall and Casey show. And it is when you hear this, him saying this stuff, they are entitled to be dishonest. They are entitled to lie. They are entitled to give an opinion that's different than yours. They are the same way as Fox News is. The same way as we would be. I, like it, it is a free country. You can it, consume whatever you want to consume. People are allowed to have whatever opinion about you that they want. Well, and, I th- think- and, there are, and there are obviously legal guidelines about things you can say and can't say. And there's legal recourse if you believe those lines have been crossed. And people do all the time take that recourse if it's presented to them. But but they, ha- they have the right to exist. You cannot, like, throw MSNBC in prison.
1: Well, I think he's talking more about weaponizing the media, and he wants to put a stop to that. You know, we've been quoting— But that's
2: scary, isn't it? That's not his job. That's not his job as the president, to go after the media the same way. Like— This is always the thing that gets me about Lincoln. Oh my gosh, Lincoln was the greatest president that ever lived. No, Lincoln jailed journalists. Lincoln shut down newspapers. Lincoln suspended habeas corpus. I mean, like, you do not, you are not a, you are not a dictator. You not get to rule by fiat. MSNBC has the right to exist and say negative things about you and say they hate you. And we as consumers have the right to punish them by saying we're not consuming the product. There is nothing that forces you to watch. MSNBC. This is to me this is re- just him being totally ridiculous again.
1: Are you ready to read his L- words? Let's
2: do it. Are you ready? Yep. Let's go. And I they are almost all dishonest and corrupt. But Comcast with his one-sided and vicious coverage by NBC News and in particular MSNBC often incorrectly referred to As MSDNC, Democrat National Committee, should be investigated for its country threatening treason. Their endless coverage of the now fully debunked scam known as Russia, 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 and much else is one big campaign contribution to the radical left Democrat Party. I say up front, openly and proudly. That when I win the presidency of the United States, they and others of the lamestream media will be thoroughly scrutinized for their knowingly dishonest and corrupt coverage of people, things, and events. Why should NBC or any of the corrupt and dishonest media companies be entitled to use the very valuable airwaves of the USA free? (laughs) They are a true threat to democracy and are, in fact... The enemy of the people, the fake news media, should pay a big price for what they've done to our once great country.
1: Woo! Take a breath. Oh, my goodness. That was one long truth from Donald Trump. Oh, okay. So he's talking about weaponizing the media. And I think something that we need to consider is we were talking yesterday about the ABC Washington Post poll, right? Mm -hmm. And it was showing how Trump is 10 points up from Joe Biden. Yes. And this is Jeff Bezos, right, who owns the Washington Post. That's correct. Now, was that a volley to Biden saying, stop what you're doing? Because just today, Joe Biden is going to launch an antitrust monopoly against Bezos and Amazon. So is Jeff Bezos using his newspaper to turn the tide?
2: Here's what I don't understand, Casey. If Trump is so offended by NBC and their coverage is so one-sided, why did he just go on NBC? hmm he just did an interview on Meet the Press. Of his own free will, he was not taken hostage, he was not forced to blink twice if he was all right. <laughs> it, the argument doesn't hold up. You're associating with these people freely, and yet then you claim that they're such a threat to the entire country. Why would you freely associate with someone who you claim is a literally a threat to the entire country?
1: It's like he wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. It,
2: it, it is it is ridiculous and again, just a colossal waste of time where we spend time talking about this rather than what a colossal failure Joe Biden is.
1: It is 926. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 W.I.B.C. And coming up next, we're going to speak with Micah Beckwith.
3: do
2: guest says a lot of these local candidates totally stink, and you ought to just let them lose on the Republican side. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the drive. Hubler.com hotline joined by the, uh, well, the last great hope for the state of Indiana. The conservative voice, Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith. Shreve's a zero. Sue Fingham and Carmel, she's a zero. You say
3: let them lose. I agree. Well, I think what we're looking at here is we're seeing uh, the Republican Party, at least, they'll tell us often that, that if this person is going to be better than a Democrat, therefore we have to re- we have to vote for just the standard R on the ticket. And while that may be true in some in some rare cases, I think what happens we see this it's the Overton window as, as Republicans we get we get more watered down with who we elect when it comes to their Republican principles. We begin to move the party further to the left, and and I, I've made the argument that if you look at the Democrat party from the nineties. It looks a lot like the Republican Party of, of the 2020s. And, and so my question is, are we going to, in another 20 years, are we going to see the Republicans, are we going to be the Socialist Party while Democrats are full-out communists? If we don't stand up and say no, we need to make sure that officials who have the R next to their name actually – adhere to real Republican principles. That's got to be our mindset, protecting the brand, protecting the principles. Yeah, so that that
2: would be my question. It's like with Sue Pinkham. she is a complete zero. I see very little that's different between her and a Democrat. Same thing with Shreve. Obviously, that's well documented that his big proposal was to go after law-abiding gun owners. Why would I vote for either of these people? They haven't earned my vote. Yeah, that's a good question.
3: I mean, it they haven't they certainly haven't proven that they're their for faith and family values and the principles that the Republican Party uh, rests upon. I mean, the bedrock of our foundations as Republicans are are the faith that we believe there's a creator who gave us our inalienable rights. We go back and say those rights are rights to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And yet we see from people all the time in the Republican Party, they just they just poo-poo that away. They just say, well, there's really no God. We don't really have to have traditional values. We're just going to say, let's let's have economic growth. And then they want to build an economic house on a morally declining foundation. And then they wonder, why is our society falling apart? Well, it's because our foundation is cracking. We have no morals. We have no – there's no values. Everyone can do what's right in their own eyes. And that's a, that's a really bad place to live when everyone just can say truth is relative. We need Republicans who stand up and say, no, truth is truth. And, and your opinion is your opinion. We're going to go down the path of truth. Yeah, wh- why
2: Why do you continue to associate with these people, Beckwith? I mean, clearly, you know what they are. You know what they're doing. You know the establishment is taking over the party. You know the Republicans are now the party of big taxes and big government.
3: Why do you continue to associate with these people? <laughs> well, I, they want you to go away. I mean, that's the people who are in the party that that really are not Republicans but but want to take over the Republican party. The last person they want to see coming is someone like me or you, or, you know, like when you walk into that room, Rob, they're like, Oh crap, Rob Kendall's here. You know, like, we what, we got to get we got to get rid of him. And a lot of times, what what I see happen with the good principled people, they get so sick and tired of dealing with the hypocrisy that they just go away. And I think that's the last thing we should do. No, we don't go away. We double down and we get more involved and we take back our party and we move it back to the principles of our founding fathers, the principles of like I said earlier, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And and we we win we win this this battle. We don't walk away from the battle. We win the battle.
1: But Micah, don't you ever get exhausted from fighting? Five- it seems like lately it's just an uphill battle constantly.
3: Well, I think that's that's the case. That's always been the case, though. I mean, I, I go back to uh, General George Patton. He said, uh, I'm a soldier. I fight where I'm told, and I win where I fight. And I think we, we are all in that, that battle right now. We are all being told where, where we need to go. I think the Lord is leading us into the battles he's calling us to. This is mine. And I'm, I'm going to fight. I'm going to defend liberty. I'm going to defend truth. And uh, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go home and just and and put my head in the sand.
2: Uh, Micah Beckwith is our guest. Uh, we're talking about what uh, a bunch of complete zeros. Many of these municipal government candidates are on the Republican side this fall And the direction of the party as a as a collective, and why it's okay. It's okay. I do this all the time, Micah. I just simply leave my ballot blank. Uh, the majority
3: of it. It's okay to not vote for someone who hasn't earned your vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all right. I, I think that's right. I mean. You got you got to be able to stand behind who you're voting for. You got to be able to stand behind your uh, your values. And yeah, there's certainly a time and a place to leave it blank. I would never personally vote for a Democrat. I couldn't, in good conscience, vote for a Democrat. So even in the races, like with the the Shreve or the Finkham races, I'm I'm not advocating for people to get out there and pull the lever for for a Democrat because I think Democrats have given themselves over to communistic values. But uh, as a whole, but but at the same time, could I, in good conscience, vote for for either one of those two candidates? No, probably not, unless they came out and said, "Listen, hey, I." I made a mistake. I was wrong on abandoning some of these values. I mean, if Tree would just come out and say, Hey, I made a mistake. I I recognize I made that mistake. And the, the second amendment is, is not something that we're going to just, you know, brush off to the side. It's, it's, it's a God given, right. Uh, it just enshrined in our constitution. If he comes out and says something like that, I would say, okay, well, let's let's maybe, maybe he's, maybe we can give him a chance. So, um, yeah, I think that's the, uh, I think, I think, but, to to say you have to vote for them just because they have an R next to their name. No, no not at all. I,
2: I need some life advice, Pastor. Is that all right? Can I I mean it's just it's just us, no one else is listening. It's just you, me and Casey. So a little life advice here if that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, very good. Okay, so I have to the great misfortune of living in Brownsburg and uh like if you're Mike, if you're ever in the market for a community uh that is nothing but warehouses and high density housing developments.
1: And a soon and a swimming pool well, it could be a city an of an aquatic uh, center. Uh,
2: yes, soon thank you, Casey could soon be an aquatic center right next to a sewage plant, because who wouldn't want to do that? Uh, Brownsburg might be the place for you. Uh, I have to go to the meeting on Thursday and beg five Republicans not to raise my tax rate by 5%, which is currently in their budget. Uh, You people are some of the dumbest people alive and colossal failures. Doesn't seem to be working. What approach should I take?
3: (laughs) Well, well, there's a great book, and I would highly recommend everyone read it. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. and uh, it's It's a classic book was written back in the 40s by Dale Carnegie. And it's all about how to be influential. And so there is certainly a time and a place to, to pull the arrows out. And uh, there's certainly a time and a place to to go in and, and throw punches. But but that's got to be probably your last resort. And, and I always say first, let's sit down, let's try to reason with people, let's try to compromise, find common ground, uh, you know, and, and, and not compromise in the sense of giving up your principles, but finding that common ground and and i think that book how to win friends and influence people is a great tool on how to do that i mean that that'll that'll take you very far in places like business and politics and so so i think that's probably the first the first thing you got to ask yourself have you gone to the brownsburg you know uh the board have you have you sat down with them they, they don't tried?
2: they don't return emails micah the one guy <laughs> that returned my phone call he changed his vote and now it's it's one to four so i mean no, that what no, this no. is my point that's what nice. am i supposed
3: to do well i think you, you got a small win right there like you changed his vote because he talked <laughs> to you. that you influenced somebody uh, I, I think well and then hey listen i think they are um, they they recognize that that you are a powerful influencer Casey and rob both you guys have a huge platform and and so then you use your platform this is why people don't like me like especially those those rhinos, will call them. They don't like me because they know I'm going to use my platform to call them out. But it's not because I want to do that. I, I want them to be principled. I want them to do the right thing. But if they're not going to do the right thing, then I'm going to use the platforms that God has given me to expose and bring light into the darkness. And I think you should do the same thing. I All
1: think right? what he's saying, Rob, is let it rip.
3: Well, if I must, I must, Casey.
1: That's what I took away from that. Uh, Grip it it and rip it, brother. Grip it and rip
2: it. uh, Casey, I have to tell you this story. So Micah calls me yesterday, and we're talking about what we're going to talk about on the show today. Sure. And uh, my wife is home, and he's on speakerphone, and my wife proceeds to start ripping on Micah in the background because because I I, I, Somehow, I don't even know how we got on this, we said, Micah, does this apply the the premise with uh, the the local government stuff and leaving it blank. Are you indeed admitting that I was right? Uh, that we were right about Todd Young and he's been a total zero as we told you he was going to be. This does indeed apply to someone like Todd Young. And Micah goes,
3: well,
2: <laughs> you're ready to admit that that was a huge mistake, right?
3: Well, okay, but no, here's what, you're not listening to what I was saying. I was saying, Micah, be right- careful as you back that Hold truck up. You're going to run over somebody. <laughs> No, no, no. Hold on. The grand scheme is in the Senate, if Todd Young was the one vote that that would give the majority to the Republicans, are you saying it wasn't worth voting for Todd Young? It was if it's a 51-49 Senate and Tom McDermott would have won and it would have flipped the balance of power, which it didn't, but it would have flipped the balance of power to the Democrats. I would say in most situations, okay, strategically, hold your nose and vote for Todd Young, even though Todd is not principled conservative and we all know wait casey's
2: about to say the same thing my wife kept saying to you on repeat for about 93 straight (laughs) minutes casey go (laughs) what
1: does it matter that's exactly what she said
3: casey (laughs) you guys you guys planned this no no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Sharing
3: a brain at this point. <laughs> okay, what does it matter? I think we all have to recognize, like, we would not be driving off the cliff of destruction as quickly as we are if if Republicans were in power. Now, I think we're still going towards the cliff of the destruction. I think we have to get a hold of the wheel and turn back and go back down the right path. But But the Democrats are speeding off the cliff. Republicans are just slowly driving there, and and I would say that does matter to some extent that you we want to make sure that we hold off this you know this wave of just colossal failures that are going to hit our our economic house and our and our uh, safety and prosperity he, that we have as Americans. And so I would say Republicans at least do a better job of slowing it. Okay. Not that,
1: so what you're saying, saying is that brick wall is coming, and rather than brick- slam into it at 100 miles per hour, we're going 80. <laughs> What did you say last
3: night,
2: Rob? You said, uh, "Don't threaten me with a good time." Yeah. Or, uh, I, I kept, I kept, t- like he kept, Micah kept saying this went on for two or three minutes, Casey. No joke. And we kept saying, "This is the wrong house to make that argument <laughs> in, Micah." Like he just kept. I mean, Mike was very persistent. Uh, do, is there anything you're doing we need to know about Life Church or your campaign or anything before we let you go? Because you've been very nice today.
3: Well, oh, I appreciate that. No, it's been going great. The campaign's going awesome. We're out, uh, just t- telling people the message of what true conservative values are, and and getting delegates to to engage and educating people on the delegate process because that's you know that's what the lieutenant governor race will will uh, come to is is getting delegates to to jump on board. But then, uh, as far as life church is going, I mean, we've. We had a great fundraiser for Project Rescue. We're setting the, the, the women and children free that are caught in sex trafficking around the globe. And, and so just because of the, we had a lot of listeners show up to that, that breakfast. So thank you to the WIBC audience and what you guys are doing and using your platform for good. So appreciate it. All right.
2: You're the best, even if you still refuse to admit that it was a colossal mistake to vote for Todd Young. We still like you. <laughs> Micah Beckwith, thank you.
3: <laughs>
1: Love you guys. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93
0: WIBC raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today and participating mcdonald's for a limited time whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about kaskali ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if kaskali is right for you
1: Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, Gavin Newsom vetoed a bill and you thought, well, he's becoming more centrist, right? And then he turned around and signed into law that says that uh, all public schools in California are going to be forced to have general neutral bathrooms. So So, this is K through 12, by the way.
2: So that means if you have a penis, Mm -hmm. you can walk into a women's restroom. Mm -hmm. Is, Is that what that means? Yeah.
1: Gender neutral bathrooms.
2: Like we're not talking about like here is a bathroom. Okay, for example, right outside our hall, we have a bathroom. It is just like a one stall thing. You can lock the door. We're not talking about this. We're talking about like bathroom bathrooms like anybody can walk in and anybody can walk out at any time. And you may be using the restroom. That's what we're talking about, right?
1: Yeah. The law mandates that K through 12 schools to permit students to use restrooms based on personal preference rather than sex.
2: Well, my personal preference is that I would be a millionaire. Casey, does that mean I get to be a millionaire?
1: <laughs> if Gavin Newsom deems it so,
2: people have just lost their mind. Uh
1: huh. In California, they have. And rather than be a liberal leader, uh, he is being a liberal leader. Rather than being a, a centrist performer, like you suggested, maybe he was going in that direction. He's uh, he's not. Okay, so schools are supposed to be a safe haven for
2: well, people. okay. Yeah. So here is my question to you because you are the voice of reason on this show. What is the obsession with placating men believing they're women or women believing they're men or people being able to ping pong back and forth? Like this is such a small percentage of the population. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the genuinely believe this. Now, I believe just like remember 10 years ago, it was really hip for everybody to come out and say that they were gay. Remember, that was the big thing. Many, many years ago, you know, Bruce Jenner and all these other people, Mm -hmm. not in the case of Bruce Jenner, I'm not saying he he said he was gay, but I'm saying Bruce Jenner, like was the celebrity kickoff to kind of like men becoming women the same way. Many, many years ago, there were many celebrities who came out and it was hip to say, I'm, you know, I'm gay. And then all the other people said, oh, I'm gay. No, you're really not. And then now many years later, a lot of those people aren't gay anymore. What is the like, this is such a small percentage of the actual population who genuinely has gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. which it is an actual thing. It does exist in a very, very small, I mean, medical journals, et cetera. There's a reason it was called a disorder because it's not normal. And it was a very small portion of the population. What has become the obsession with placating and totally changing public policy and throwing any sort of sanity whatsoever out, out the window W- w- why? This is what I don't understand.
1: Gavin Newsom says that these measures will help protect vul- vulnerable youth, help protect youth, promote acceptance, and create more supportive environments.
2: How is, if you have a penis, being able to use the women's restroom accepting? What is that accepting of? There's nothing, nothing you're not being judged. You're saying you have these biological traits, you are this. We have certain parameters in our society to say, here's how we operate, and that's common sense. Mm-hmm. And look, if you want to be you know, gay or whatever, you can be gay and use the men's restroom if you're a man the same way as a straight man can. Nobody's judging you or treating you any different. We're saying if you have this, you go to the bathroom here. How is that unaccepting if you don't abide by that?
1: Well, this all stemmed from a school district, the Chino Valley Unified School District, and they attempted to restrict bathrooms and that's when this bill came out and uh, said I, nope t- we're gonna open it to, to everybody about
2: though. i don't even i don't and i know i'm not picking on you with this but i don't i don't buy the word restrict it's not restricting anything it's simply saying you have this genitalia you are this you go to the bathroom here that's not restricting
1: any wouldn't anything. wouldn't restricting be like i'm sorry we have no bathroom at all <laughs> yes. you have to hold it yes and if i had a child in one of these schools That may be my advice. I'm sorry. You got to hold it. If you're uncomfortable in this scenario, because you're talking about a time of life when those bodies are going through many changes and they're very unsure about themselves, right? And nervous. I mean- A lot of people don't even want to go in a public place to begin with.
2: Like I think about when I was 19, I got my ears pierced and boy, did I go hardcore. I got the big giant half hoopties. I mean, like I was not screwing around and I thought (laughs) it was the coolest person Mm -hmm. in the world and now I look back on that and go well that was really stupid and that was at 19 Casey Mm -hmm. when I was a full-fledged legal adult and I was still doing stupid stuff you know why because your brain isn't fully formed until you're in your early to mid 20s and yet we're led to believe I mean, it's the, the these kids who claim they want to chop off or grow something. At least with mine, there's just little bitty holes that you can now see. If you look really close in my ears, there was no permanent damage done to them. And some photos I can look back on and chuckle at. These people are talking about permanent changes mm-hmm. at 12, 13, 14 years old. That is just such, uh, I mean, that's abuse to allow a child to be able to make that choice.
1: And it's continuing the lie an untrue life. And this comes after Newsom surprised a lot of people when he vetoed that bill that restricted the judges in custody hearings. Mm -hmm. And then he turned around and said, but you can all use whatever bathroom you want. So where where is he going? What is he doing with this?
2: Well, and this is the problem, right? We've seen this in Indiana where they passed all of these laws related to transgender various transgender topics but then when it came down to saying hey if you're a parent and you don't affirm your your kids whatever phony weird bizarre peer influence desire to go from being a man to a woman Mm -hmm. then dcs can still still take your kid which actually happened there was a real case in indiana where that happened it's very public it went to the courts it, it, it really happened. I mean, I've seen these people speak in person at events before. Their kid was taken away from them because they did not affirm that kid's desire to switch genders. They didn't touch that. There was a bill that would have rectified that in the Indiana General Assembly. So it's easy for us to pick on California, but yet all of these states, many of these states, are all over the map on this stuff, including the supposedly deep red Indiana. It mm-hmm. is like the, these politicians are just frozen in fear over addressing the actual issue, which is this is society driven. It is young people whose brains are not fully formed being manipulated. You are subservient to your parents until you turn 18. Your parent is... That's assen- why
1: they're called dependents. Exactly. it's why you get a tax credit for it, Casey. And what do they yeah. call it on
2: the tax form? Dependents. Yeah. Dependents. Dependent. You are dependent upon them. Your parent is essentially your owner until you are 18 years old. And then when you're 18, you can chop or you can grow or you can whatever. But until then, parent is the boss. Parent pays the bills. Parent is responsible for your well-being and... And my gosh, Casey, for some reason, Republican and Democrat, politi- now the Democrats, many of them support this, but Republican politicians are frozen in fear over this topic, and I don't Get it.
1: You have a big thing coming up tonight, a speech in Avon. Oh, we do?
2: Yes, you'll yeah, be there. I will. Uh, very exciting. Uh, the Indy Defenders of Liberty. Now, it's really weird, Casey, because we're always told no one listens to this show. And yet, every time I go out somewhere, it's a full house. Sold out crowd. All the tickets are gone. Uh, it'll be very exciting. We'll uh, we'll tell some stories. We'll <laughs> name some names. We're going to talk about some of our favorite uh, characters that we mentioned on this show uh, we'll we'll do all the things I mean it's like a, just a more wild and wacky version of the radio show do you
1: know what you're going to say do you have a speech prepared oh
2: yes Oh <laughs> you yes. put
1: as much thought into it as you do this show uh, absolutely <laughs> which means on my drive-in so
2: they I basically have 30 minutes and on my drive-in this morning I did a, it takes me 30 minutes to get here I did 30 minutes it timed up perfectly mm-hmm. I can say all the things about all the people that I want to say uh-huh. and uh, it's just going to be a grand old time and it's just amazing Casey because we are told by so many people nobody listens and yet every time we night with WIBC totally sold out this event tonight Mm -hmm. totally all the tickets gone very quickly like it's so weird nobody listens but yet people of their own volition Mm want to give up their evenings in addition to this radio show to come hang out with us it's crazy and you're going to be introducing. It you're be doing interesting. the big introduction.
1: I'm introducing the star, which is you. It is 957. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.